This is the word of God in Matthew chapter 16, beginning with verse 13. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, or Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by man, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he warned his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Christ. This is the true word of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that your word is true. That your words show us your Son, because you are a God who is alive, who has thoughts, who has emotions, who takes action. And thank you, Father, for reaching out to us with what is true and enduring. And Father, open our hearts and our minds to the words that you have for us in this part of Scripture and in every word of Scripture, so we can know you and know your Son, our Savior, and the Holy Spirit will work through that word in our lives. Thank you, Father. For we pray these things all in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. <clears throat> yeah, for one reason or another, yeah, my thoughts are going back to when I was little, living in the, in the house for a couple of years with Grandma and Grandpa. So way back now, when I was just a year or two old, if someone had asked me who Grandpa was, I probably would have said, that's Bapa. Mom tells me that's what I called him. A few years later, I might have answered, he throws a ball with me, or he reads to me, or he lets me play with garden tools. There's a nice picture of me holding, he's holding me in his arms and I'm holding on to a, a dirty spade. Okay. Now, as an adult, I have to sometimes take things a little more seriously, I could, tell, I could tell you a lot about him. I could talk about his life, I could talk about his character, what kind of a man he was. I could tell you that today is his birthday. He would be 138 years old. And I can tell you also that that would mean that Grandma would make one of those birthday cakes for him, white cake, white frosting, and orange slices arranged um, beautifully around the top. And Grandpa would be smiling. Now, if you ask Ezekiel who I am, Remember, he's two and a half, almost three. He might give you an answer, something like Gappa. I think on the last video chat we had, I think that's what it sounded like. He might add something about, you know, that's my silly grandpa who makes funny animal noises. He Turkey is his favorite. Okay. Now, who do you say that Jesus 
is because the answer to that is really going to change your life now and forever. Who is Jesus? You know, when I was about six or seven years old, I, I think I could have told you that Jesus walked on water, that Jesus made sick people not sick anymore, that he was really nice to that lady who some mean people wanted to throw rocks at. He could, have ta- he could take a little bit of bread and a little bit of fish and make lots of both, enough to feed lots of people. I might have told you, because I was listening in Sunday school, I could probably have told you, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. A few years later on, I could have told you that Jesus was not just an ordinary man. He was, in addition to that, God. I could have told you about his birth and about his death and about his resurrection and how he did all of that to save me. I know because some people put their faith into words. I learned while I sat on grandpa's lap, while I sat in Sunday school class, while I read the Bible from cover to cover. I waited until I was 12 to do that. I learned about Jesus, about what, who he is when I watched what grandpa did and what he said and how he treated people and how he loved his grandson because the word of God was in grandpa's head and in his voice and in his actions. Who do you say that Jesus is? Well, Jesus led his disciples kind of away from the crowds to a place in the south foothills of Mount Hermon. This place was known for this, this beautiful spring that comes gushing out of the mountain because the snow on top of Mount Hermon's melting. And it comes out of the spring at the bottom and it forms this beautiful little stream that goes all the way down to the Sea of Galilee. It's also a place where there's a shrine to that Greek god who isn't real by the name of Pan. That's where he asked him this question. Now, there's two ways to read that. Maybe you have an opinion on which one's the one that Jesus meant. Was he asking them what they believed about him? Or was he asking him what they had been saying about him? Or maybe it's both. Because what you believe in your head and what you're telling people with your voice That really should be the same thing. There should be a consistency between what's in your mind and what's in your voice. You know, people, our answers do change over time. I read about a man who went to visit one of his classmates back from when they were going to school together. They'd also been in confirmation class about 10 years earlier. So they... I guess they knew each other pretty well at that time. Back in those confirmation years, this man hadn't really seemed particularly interested in the catechism and was always getting into trouble for messing around. Now, 10 years later, he was dying of cancer. So the visitor went to visit his old classmate there and was kind of dreading it, actually. But he was pleasantly surprised to find that that his old classmate 
now trusted Jesus. Going into that room, he was thinking this was going to be a sad and awkward visit, but it wasn't that way at all. They had a great talk, even about his illness, even about dying, and about his hope in Christ, as well as telling stories about classmates and about teachers. Now at that point, if you would ask him who Jesus is, he could have answered, Jesus is my Savior, my Redeemer, the one that I can lean on through every struggle, the one who will bring me safely to heaven. God can change the way that we answer. God can change that when His Word shines the light in our souls and in our minds on the way that sin has gripped us and robbed us of joy and hope and peace. And instead, we can answer, Jesus is my forgiveness. When we're weak and we're vulnerable because of illness and those medicines and those treatments and those surgeries, our answer can become, Jesus is my comforter and my strength. When we're afraid or we're alone or we're down on ourselves, our answer can become that Jesus is my care and my compassion and my strong hand that's holding on to me. And even when death's approaching, we can answer that Jesus is the one who's reaching out his hand to me and welcoming me into God's everlasting home. So what we can believe and what we can say about Jesus might not stay the same. Hopefully it reflects a faith that's stronger and deeper and holds even more tightly to that strong hand of Christ. This is Jesus. He is the one who endured every temptation that we endure, every one that tempts me. But, unlike me and unlike you, he successfully resisted all of them on our behalf. He's the one who let himself become weak and vulnerable and despised and rejected so that you and I can be forgiven and accepted and belong in eternity with God. He's the one who rose to life for me and for you so the life can win for us. So who do you say that Jesus is? If you don't know, or if you're not sure, or if you just need a reminder, you can pick up Scripture. There are Bibles in this building. There aren't any Bibles in your home. I'll get you one. Peter's answer can be your answer. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Look in Scripture and you see how Jesus describes himself because he wants us to know. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door. I am the good shepherd. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the vine and you are the branches. I am with you always to the end of the age. You can remember, I hope, what Martin Luther wrote and what you learned in confirmation class because you know what? That comes back to you. 
I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, Son of the Father from eternity, and true man born of the Virgin Mary, is my Lord. At great cost, he has saved and redeemed me, a lost and condemned person. He has freed me from sin, death, and the power of the devil, not with silver or gold, but with his holy and precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. All of this he has done, that I may be his own. Live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he has risen from the dead and lives and rules to all eternity. This is most certainly true. Not just words to memorize for the sake of memorizing, not just to pass the class, but words that describe the reality that is revealed by God in Scripture. Because he does not want to be a stranger. He wants you to know who he is. And all these things he's done so that I may be his own. All of that work that Jesus has already done and begun in my life and in your life, he will be faithful to complete. For you to be forgiven. Free from sin, free from guilt, free to live a life of repentance and forgiveness. Free to live with God in your life in this world, every moment, and through all eternity. There was a young man who graduated from a Christian high school, had a good foundation. He went to the university, he started his career, he got busy, and as often happens, he drifted away from his faith. He still believed. He still, in his mind, he thought all of this is true. But he also honestly called himself sort of a Christian, but one who didn't really practice Christianity. A believer, but not a doer. In his 1980s, his career involved doing business with companies in Central and Eastern Europe. In the 80s, they were still having a very hard time there. While he was at a conference in the Soviet Union, he was talking with a delegate from one of these Eastern European countries that the Soviets controlled at that time. You're a Christian, the Soviet woman said. I am an atheist. Tell me, what difference does your belief in God make in the way that you vote, in the way that you spend your money? Tell me, when is the last time that you did something because you stopped and asked yourself, what does God want me to do in this case? This is a wonderful opportunity. He could have let her know that his faith made a big difference in what he did and what he said and what he thought, that his faith made a big difference in his priorities and in the way that he would treat people. But he wasn't really expecting that question. He hadn't been asking himself anything like that for years. So later on, he admitted, I realized that though I believed like a believer, I lived like an atheist. So in reality, his Christianity did not have much influence in his life. That got him to thinking about what was really important 
and about what kind of a person he wanted to be. And that got him back to a very active and vibrant Christian faith. If we do believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, what difference does that make in the way that you and I talk to people and think about people and use our voices and prioritize our time? When Jesus asked his disciples, who do you say that I am, Peter had a good answer. He knew it in his head. He used his voice to tell other people. And then in the chapters to come, you look at the life of Peter and you see a lot of ups and downs. We see times when Peter was speaking and living his faith boldly, and we also see times when Peter was falling short. Here, he had wonderful words to answer Jesus. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. On Pentecost, he stood up before those big crowds in Jerusalem and boldly explained to them who Jesus is. It was also Peter who, when he was confronted and felt threatened and endangered, he said three times, I do not know who he is. Faith, even strong faith, deep faith, is not always easy. In our readings for today, Jesus gave Simon the name Peter. You know it means rock. And Peter's confession of faith, his words were as solid as a rock. Jesus says on those words of who Jesus is, Christ would build his church. And then in just a few moments, Peter's words would go from being as solid as a rock to actually reflecting the wishes of the devil. Sometimes up, sometimes down. And Jesus never quit on Peter. Later on, Jesus told Peter, feed my sheep. Take care of the disciples. Take care of the believers. This is a great gift. In Scripture, we have words from God. You don't have to look to the sky to see if he's writing it there. You don't have to look through a telescope to see if he's written it in the stars. We have words in Scripture. And that word creates and nurtures faith inside of us. His word changes us. God has a way of seeing people both the people who trust him and the people who were lost from him. He wants us to see people the same way that he does. God has certain values and attitudes and priorities, and they're good. He wants us to have those same values in our lives and in our voices because they're good for us and for our families and for this world. God has a way of dealing with people. Look at him. He is always consistently and persistently and constantly speaking the truth honestly and speaking that truth in love. Because for words to actually have integrity, you need to have both. You don't have one without the other. Notice how God never weakens the truth just to please people. 
and he never weakens his love just to please people. So like him, he calls us to always be speaking the truth in love, speaking it with gentleness and respect. And when we look inside, when we examine ourselves in the light of Scripture, we see that all of us have a long way to go. Thankfully, God doesn't leave us just to ourselves. We have the Holy Spirit working in us the ways of God. So that statement of faith, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, is more than just saying the words correctly. It's going to change you. It does involve giving up some things, things that you shouldn't have in the first place. It involves commitment and dedication. It involves some bold and transparent honesty with God. It involves a reliance on God. All of that will be worth it. God does not make it hard for us. If you look back at the beginning, the way he had everything set up, the way he created everything, a faithful life should be completely natural to us. But we make it hard. And because we do find it hard, Jesus came to earth, and Jesus came into your life. He's given his word to you. He's given his life for you. And this is not just anybody doing this for you. This is the Son of the living God. So thankfully, we do have a loving and gracious and forgiving and patient God, always honest with us and always expecting us to be honest with him. He did forgive Peter after Peter did not live to his, up to his confession of faith as Jesus as the Messiah. And Jesus forgave him, even though Peter denied even knowing who he was. And he made it possible for Peter to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching. So that word could begin its way to come to us and to the generations that follow. So how do you then answer that same question? Who do you say that Jesus is? Please say that he's more than just a good man. He's that and so much more. More than a kind and respectful man. More than a great teacher of the nation. More than a great example. More than a leader who boldly confronted evil. This is Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, the Redeemer, your Savior, the only one who can give you a life at peace with God, the Son of the living God. And through Him, you can become a son or daughter of God and can rightly call Him Father. And may that be our faith that we know and that we give our voices to. In Jesus' name, amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that Jesus is exactly who he is. He is exactly the Savior that we need. He is your Son. And you are a God who is real, with a real, real voice, real integrity, a real character. And you're watching over us all the time. And Father, you give us a life 
that can endure forever. So, Father, help us to live a consistent life of faith and forgive us when we fail. Hear our cries for repent, of repentance, our cries for forgiveness, and set us back, lift us up, and put us about that wonderful work of letting people know who Jesus really is. We need to know. The word needs to get out because this is about life in this world and life in eternity. This is about a life that's so much better lived by your ways. So, Father, more and more let your ways become our ways and let us, our voices testify to your salvation, which is ours in Jesus Christ. In his name we pray, amen.